0: Yolotix is on the road this week, literally on the road, driving in the westbound lanes of Interstate 30 here, heading towards Fort Worth. Going to go meet Tarrant County's top Republican. He is not talking about local politics, though. He's talking about Republican politics, state Republican politics, national Republican politics, and my, how things have changed. He has a lot to say about it, and he wanted to meet Not at a brewery like we meet a lot of our guests. He asked us to meet him at a favorite haunt of his. A distillery. So if our boss is listening, sorry we didn't ask for permission for this. But we're going to hit a distillery over here and uh, get a little splash of bourbon for this conversation. You know, Wheeler was supposed to be in the car here with me, but texted me a few hours ago and said he has a salon appointment. Needs to get his hair cut. For a podcast. Needs to get his hair cut for a podcast.
1: Welcome to Yolitix, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics.
0: So, Wheeler, you finally showed up, man. Well, let's start with this. Okay. Your hair looks fantastic. Well, thank you.
2: <laughs> it looks great. I, I, a couple of things here. I've I showed up early, actually, and even when I'm early, I'm late. You're the last I one here. I get here, I'm the last one here. Our distinguished guest is already here. Uh, Everything is totally set up, which I love, by the way, uh, when it's that way. And I found it terrifying when you said, hey, I did a little intro on the way over here, so I've got us covered on that. And I thought, boy, what things were said in that intro.
0: So let's talk about our guest, Judge Glenn Whitley, Republican Tarrant County judge, he's um, retiring. And uh, this is one of your favorite haunts. Tell us where we are and uh, what you recommend
3: here. We're at Acre, we're right in uh, kind of the Southeast part of downtown.
0: Downtown Fort Worth. Downtown
3: Fort Worth on Calhoun Street. Mm-hmm. And they've got a great place here. Uh, they distill a lot of vodka, gin, bourbon. They're a great place.
2: This is Acre Distilling. And we've got this really cool distillery right here behind us as we uh, uh, shoot this uh, for video purposes as well here. It's beautiful setup here. And we've all gone with flights today because that just seemed like the right thing to do.
0: Th- this might be our last podcast, too. We're, we're cleared <laughs> to have beer, Judge, but we were never cleared to have bourbon or whiskey that we're having here today. But so. the judge
2: said so.
3: so. We, we might be
2: out of work as well. <laughs> <after this laughs> we episode. might be retiring with you. <laughs> well, you know, we tried to do
3: this back right before COVID kind of got started. Right. And then y'all got locked down and so we didn't get to do it. And then we did the public one. The first, I guess it was the first time y'all had done a... Mm -hmm. kind of a live podcast with an association.
2: Yeah, this was when you were meeting with all the other county judges uh, from across the state for your education conference, and we found a lot of that fascinating. But I'm glad that we weren't able to actually pull this together here until now because we're sort of toasting you on your way out as you get done, you know, get to hang up the job after so long. You've been county judge here in Tarrant County since 2007. Right. And boy, has it changed in those years. I mean, it's,
3: it really has. I remember Vandergriff retiring and swearing me in, and you know, that right there was an honor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it has changed tremendously over the last 16 years. And,
0: and Vandergriff's your, your predecessor here for folks who might be new to, uh, to Texas or, or new to Yolitics here, that's, that's who your right. predecessor Judge, was.
3: Judge uh, Vandergriff was an icon in yeah. Texas history. I mean, mm-hmm. he was the boy mayor in Arlington then he was congressional representative for that area and then came over to the county judge and was sixteen years county judge. Wow. So he, you,
0: you got close to him, fifteen years. No,
3: I'm gonna be sixteen at you the won't end. be. And then I served ten years as commissioner right. prior to that. So I you know, you think okay, twenty six years on the court, but I'm retiring this year, but so is J D. Johnson who's been on the court for 36 years. Wow.
0: wow, wow. You know, Wheeler was particularly excited that you, you selected Acre Distilling here in Fort Worth because he enjoys fruit and they have fruit whiskey here. I think he has well, peach, strawberry, No, pecan. I didn't. What, what else do you have? I here? love bourbon. That's cinnamon girl, I think. <laughs> I,
2: I did, I did the cinnamon girl. I love whiskey, uh, first of all. Me, uh, really? Yeah, absolutely love it. Love it, you know, neat, straight up, you know, the regular stuff, no flavoring. But when we were at the bar, they said, Try the flavorings. Don't be afraid of the flavorings, even if you usually don't get them. So I went nuts on the flavorings. I got a java one here that they say tastes a lot like coffee. It was kind of sweet. I got the peach. I got the cinnamon girl. Of course. And then I went with the smoked whiskey because that just sounds uh, amazing. Judge, what'd you get?
3: I've got the smoked bourbon, and then I've got the single malt whiskey. I've got the straight bourbon, and then I have Mickey D's, which is, I think, an Irish uh type whiskey so
0: and i too got the smoked and I, I saw this on on their website before we came over and this uh, is made with pecans and peaches from parker county mm. right next yeah. door to you guys so it, it is delicious i've already while we were talking so yeah. here we go we'll, i think we yeah. have to do a toast we have here toast here there you go congratulations judge
2: congratulations Thank on, you very much. on all that time
1: mm. Mm.
2: And well, they have and these fancy little bottles of soda water here for you to cleanse your palate in between. I've
3: never tried this. We'll really? I'll
2: tell you what, if you're a coffee lover, that Java one. Really? Oh, yeah.
0: I, I haven't nice. been to a place as fancy as this where you have soda water to cleanse your palate. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I haven't either. I, I cleanse my palate with the next one. is what I cleanse my right, palate with, right. usually. <laughs> Swish it around a little bit and everything works. I
2: just use saliva for that. <laughs> so... Um, Let, Let's dive
0: right in and talk about your op-ed. You wrote an op-ed the other day, and I'm sure you've had feedback on it. So this this um, piece you wrote appeared in the Dallas Morning News. Uh, what late August, August 21st, I believe was right. the date on it. Mm-hmm. And you talked about polarization and how how we we've got to come back to the middle. We we've got to get. I think you implored people to go vote, and essentially said, if you don't go vote, we're going to have the extremes who show up on your ballot come November.
3: And that's exactly right. If you look at the last primary election. In Tarrant County, the Dems voted about 6% of our total registered voters, and the Republicans about 10%. So 16%, 16, 17% of the registered voters will have an opportunity. They picked who we're gonna have an opportunity to vote on come November. Mm-hmm. And when we get to that November election, there's gonna be probably 600,000 people who come to the polls and did not vote and did not help pick the uh, the people to, you know, to finally vote on.
2: So most people then are not choosing. I mean, you're, you're, you're choosing between two candidates, essentially, when you could have had a choice of so many more. And this is what it has been happening a lot in our politics with primaries in particular, is that we keep getting people going further to the fringes because they've got to they've got to reach that tiny percentage that shows up for the primary.
3: Well, that's exactly right. And in, you know. Each of the parties is on the fringe. And when you look, what you find is probably 10 or 15% make the rules, they take care of the part of the platform and all of that. And then you've got the 70% in the middle. You've got some of the Democrats, you've got some of the Republicans, and you've got a vast majority of independents who basically want government to function, to take care of the issues that are important to them, and to, you know, keep things moving.
2: So this is going to make some people's heads explode, though. But do you think that ranked choice is something we should consider here in Texas? Well, well, lay out what ranked choice is for folks who so, don't know. Ranked choice. Basically, you've got this wide open field. Republicans, Democrats, everybody's on between. one ballot, everybody's on one ballot. And like the top four that you select uh, are the ones that you vote for in that order. So, you know, if somebody doesn't get enough votes as number one picks, then they start going down the
3: ladder until somebody gets enough votes did i explain that right you did and i'm going to tell you i think a lot of people are concerned about that because you know right now they're trying to figure out the one person to pick (laughs) now i gotta rank that's true And i think that may that may be a way to start that process there are basically four different ways around when you look at the 50 states that you've got you've got a closed primary which basically means if you're gonna vote in the primary, you have to register right. as a Democrat or a Republican.
2: That's the way it is here. We're open, no. oh, no, we're we're open. Oh, you're right. right. We're right. So you, cl-
0: clearly this, this whiskey is too much for him. We'll go to Malone's Pub one. next time, next door here, but go ahead, Judge.
3: <laughs> the second top is is what they call you know uh, a little bit of a restricted. So that means if I'm a Republican and registered as a Republican, I can only vote in the Republican, same with the Democrat. But if you're unaffiliated, you can vote in either one, hmm. but you're still having to decide which primary you're going to go into. The next is where we get into open primaries, which city. is what
2: we have here. Yeah,
3: <laughs> that's Texas, right. That's the time. bourbon talking now. <laughs> Texas is an open primary state, right. but, but you still have to pick whether you're going to vote in a Republican or a Democratic primary. Right. And whichever one you vote in means you don't get to vote in the other one. So then you go from there until what we call, um, some places it's referred to as a blanket. Uh, Jungle
2: primary sometimes. Jungle
3: primary, top two. Um, What it amounts to is everybody votes with the same ballot. It will have every candidate that is gonna run for each one of the offices on that ballot. Regardless of ideology. Regardless of ideology. And you pick, and you vote for who you wanna vote for, and then the top two move on to the November election. Right. So you could
0: have two Republicans on there, two Democrats, one of which, exactly. Yeah, you
3: gotta, yeah. And you know, Washington is a prime example of a state that does that. Mm -hmm. And they started off, they actually did it for a long time um, and it was called a blanket primary. And then the parties said, no, we don't like this. And so then they challenged it and through courts and finally like that. They're now back to a full top two mm. primary. Mm-hmm. And in the 2022 election where we had 17% voter turnout, they had 41%. Mm.
0: Wow. Let, let, let's go back to the, the op-ed here. Why did you write this, Judge? You're on the way out after 15 years as the top elected official in Tarrant County. 10 years before that, you serve as Tarrant County Commissioner. Why don't you just drop the mic and walk away?
3: Well, because I've never dropped the mic and walked away. Hmm. But I would also I'm just I am tired of us being so polarized. I'm tired of us being divided when I think America still works uh, from a standpoint of we all want to work together to get something done. And I think that's why you don't see people voting there. They don't want to be labeled as a Republican or a Democrat. You know, I'll tell you, I've got a few friends and I know some of my party will get after me about this. So you got more than a few Hmm. that are saying, we're real glad you're not going to run again, because we won't be voting in the primary anymore. And therefore, we don't have to get that stack of material every day in the mail that we throw away. Mm -hmm. Um, I think people want to solve the issues that are important to them, the economy, transportation, uh, you know, the problems with mental health, uh, a lot of those types of things. And the parties have gone to the extremes and are dealing with issues i'm not going to say they're not important but to mainstream of america they want to know what's going to happen that's going to make my life but, better. but this
0: isn't unique to tarrant county how, how do you think we got here I, I have my own ideas of how we got here over the last 20 years but how do you think we got here judge
3: well you know again it's because enough people aren't involved in the pro, in the parties that the parties have been taken over by the you know the far right or the far left um, You know just to be honest with you from the the tea party movement was a great movement what was the origination of the tea party movement they wanted fiscal responsibility at the federal level when's the last time you've heard that (laughs) i mean you heard it a lot in the last year because of the covid and because of arpa and because of infrastructure but um you know still it's now everything but that yeah and i think we've got to get back You know, people have lives. They don't want to spend, we've probably got 20 different Republican clubs in Tarrant County. And if you go to them, you're going to see a handful of the same people. And it's going to be, there's a handful of people who are not running, who basically that's their lives. And then you're going to see all the candidates. And in nine times out of 10, the candidates are going to, there's going to be more candidates at your meeting than there's going to be people who aren't aren't running aren't elected oh, officials
2: wow. you know recently uh president biden uh had this impassioned speak uh, speech particularly about the you know so-called maga wing of the republican party and he called it semi-fascist
3: what do you think of that i don't i'm not gonna i'm not gonna buy that what i'm gonna say is they have their issues and and they they may or may not be the mainstream issues um i don't think that the republican party even in its extreme are the people who you know basically trump brought into brought into the party or whether it be the republican party which brought to the to brought to the party um that's a different group of people Mm. the people we saw on january the 6th in dc i don't think were the every day going to Republican meeting type people.
2: You've said before that you think that your party has some work to do though, that there is extremism creeping in. And I'm curious if after saying things like that, you get blowback personally. Do, do you hear from people in your party about that? Well,
3: let me say this, if we don't go to a blanket primary, I'll never be elected again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask you that. I mean, do you think that, you know, just your brand of politics now and and calling for unity and so forth. Do you think you would have made it through this Republican primary for your job here in Tarrant County this time? It got ugly.
3: It did get ugly. Uh, I didn't like that at all. And I don't know if I would have been able to win the primary. All these people come up and say, yeah, we loved you. We wanted you to run again. But if it had come right down to it, I don't know that they'd have gotten out and voted. Because 85% of them, 83% of them didn't. Does this drive you crazy
0: at night? Because you, you, you've seen the metamorphosis of the political parties in this state. And, and I think that cable news really fuels a lot of this stuff.
3: Cable you, news, social media.
0: Yeah, and social media.
3: There's no but, fact checking anymore. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and pe- people see things and they take it as as truth. Um, and there's there's no critical thinking is the other thing that, that I've talked to buddies about too. There's few people really check facts or, or, or ask whether this is true or not. But but you've been doing this for a long time, Judge. You've run elections. You've shown up at all these 20-something Republican um, clubs all across the county. Does it
3: drive you crazy? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but to to see what has changed? It's not the same Republican Party that elected me back in 97. Um, I think it was much more business-oriented back then. I think it was much more, you know, we have things we want to get done, get them done. Be conservative with our taxpayer dollars, and I have always been that. Um, you know, we—I think we have one of the most efficiently run counties in this state and in this country. Uh, we collaborate. We work together with our other cities, with our schools, with our other counties, um, and we do that to help our citizens. So that when you started driving over here, you didn't easily recognize when you went through Irving or Grand Prairie, or Hearst, Euless, Bedford. Mm-hmm. Um, you you just, it was a very smooth drive.
0: This helicopter
2: flew them over, Judge. They had to go <laughs> around the DFW airspace, <laughs> yeah. but they landed out back here. <laughs> Last minute haircut, you know. No, yeah, that's right, that's, that's right. right.
0: But you're, you're, you're right about that. I'm, but you are right about that. It, it, it does kind of blend if, if you come across I thirty from Dallas over to Fort Worth, and I guess that's part of what you're talking about, exactly. Right? Okay.
2: And you haven't made any bones about this. Uh, so, so after we had this primary here for your job, as you are getting ready to step down, uh, Tim O'Hare took on Betsy Price. Uh, it wasn't pretty, as we said. Uh, and I thought it was extraordinary that you came out publicly and said, "I'm I'm not I'm not putting my name behind." This candidate tim o'hare who has now advanced forward for this election will you sit this election out do you
3: vote do you get involved in any way i won't support anyone in the campaign i'll go in there and vote for somebody but that's between me and the machine as it should be as it should be as as it, as it should always be and it's just you know i met with i've met with both of the individuals mm-hmm. and i will help whoever wins if they want my help in getting and making it a very smooth transition the county means too much to me for that not to happen
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh, but you know i i personally told him that i didn't like the campaign that he ran that i didn't think it was a fair campaign uh betsy price had given 20 years of public service to tarrant county and to fort worth and i think had done a fantastic job and you know it was well it was just a partisan campaign no it wasn't in 26 years I've never gotten down in the trenches like that, and and basically trashed someone for doing a good job. And I'm just I'm I'm not going to agree that that was a way the campaign should have been run. And, and to
0: lay out for our listeners who might not follow Tarrant County politics, who might be listening to this elsewhere, Betsy Price is the former mayor of Fort Worth, and uh, Tim O'Hare is the or was the county chair for the Republican Party uh, here in the county. When you met with, it made news when you said you were not going to endorse in the uh, in this race. Can you tell us more about that conversation? He asked for your endorsement. He wanted the blessing, and, and you said no.
3: That's right. I mean, he came to me back in February. Before the primary in before March. Before the primary. No, before, I mean, February of the year. Oh, wow. He asked if you were going to run again. And, and I That's said right. no, and he asked for my support at that point in time. And I said no, that I felt like Betsy might get into that race and that I was gonna be supporting her. Hmm. That she had done a tremendous job. How did that go over? Uh, not real well, but I mean, you know, he understood. He asked me, well, what about not supporting her? And I said, no, I've, I think too much of her. I think too much of the job she's done. She's faced the, the, the hard issues. And as Fort Worth mayor, she took care of the pension and for the fire and the police. As tax assessor collector, she came in um, and she basically took an antiquated tax department and she modernized it. And she brought it into the, uh, you know, into the 20th, 21st century.
0: Which helped her win mayor uh, that that job, too. And and just just for people who might not know what happens behind the doors, it's not unusual for anyone to say, for a candidate to say, hey, will you endorse me? No, if you won't, well, will you not endorse the other person? That's something that's
2: pretty common
3: if if someone's reaching out to you, right? That's correct. Okay.
2: I'd like to broaden out a little bit from there and talk about statewide. We've got some competitive races here in Texas. Of course, you know, people say that every time, and we've seen total Republican control across the board uh, for decades uh, here now. Uh, how do you see this playing out this time around? Will it be more of the same, do you think? Or or do you think that one of these statewide races could actually uh, see a shakeup as far as Republican and Democrat?
3: You know, I think... I'll be surprised if there's a shakeup. I tell you that the um, you know the one person who I'll support statewide uh, that will get me a little in trouble, Mike Collier for Lieutenant Governor.
0: He's um, a Democrat running against Dan Patrick, second he time. A
3: Demo- and and you know, basically, Dan Patrick came on the scene in 2006 with Empowered Texans. And since that point in time, they basically declared war on local elected officials they blamed local governments for all the property tax problems, when in effect, you know they, they vowed that they're gonna lower property taxes. Of course, they don't have any property taxes at the state level. And what they've done, as I was mentioning earlier, uh, we've got seven, over 700 people sitting in our jail today that belong to the state. They're not paying us for them.
2: Just in Tarrant County?
3: Just in Tarrant County.
2: And these are people who've
0: gone through the system and they should be going to a state prison.
3: They're either They've gone through the system, they've been sentenced, and they're waiting to to be picked up and taken to the state.
2: So why aren't they?
3: Well, the state hadn't said they'd take them yet. And Uh. at a minimum, they're supposed to pay us if we keep them over 45 days, but they don't do that. At the same time, we have prisoners who have been judged incapable of standing trial because of mental health problems. The state has no state mental health beds. And so we've got over 300 people in our jail today with mental health issues that are not capable of being tried, but we've got to hold them because the state doesn't have any bets.
2: So you're supposed to find somewhere in your budget to wedge in these unprepared for costs that you, you shouldn't be paying for at the local level. But we just had uh, the comptroller on with us not that long ago saying that Swimming Texas in is
3: cash. flush with it. Swimming in cash. and. And then on top of, in addition to that, we have parole violators, same thing. We get to keep them until the parole board decides what to do with them. And so that's the adult side of the deal. And oh, by the way, in the juvenile, we have 20 juveniles that are waiting to go to TJJD. Mm -hmm. And because TJJD is having a staff shortage, who wouldn't? They've said, we're closed, we're not going to take them. So all this cash that they were supposed to be using to pay for salaries, they could be using it to pay us because unfortunately we can't say, okay, they, you belong to the state, so go home and when the state comes and gets you, hmm. then you can go to- the So state. multiply
2: this all around the state though. Yeah.
0: yeah. How, how much more do you think that the, the county spending having to take care of the juveniles, the, the, uh, the folks with mental health issues, and then the adults?
3: I, I think we could be talking about in the neighborhood of 20 million plus. Wow. And, and
0: Judge, I interrupted you a moment ago. You, you said that you would you would support Mike Collier, the Democrat running for lieutenant governor. Why?
3: Because Mike is one, he's a bean counter like me. He worked for Price Waterhouse. Mm-hmm. He also worked for Exxon, so he understands the oil business. And I just think he's someone who understands local control. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking we do everything. We're the front door. For basically all of the federal and the state services that the state and the federal government pass laws for us to do now yes the city does some of that but we take care of the elections we take care of all the administration for the courts they yeah they have their district judges for the felonies but we take care of all of the misdemeanors we take care of all of that we have the county jail public health which has been a little bit more in the spotlight over the last couple of years, public hospital, all of that stuff are things that we do and they give us one avenue or one revenue source for that and it's property taxes. Mm -hmm. So when they pass a law down there and they don't fund it or they force us to keep their prisoners, that's a state mandated property tax increase. We used to call it unfunded mandates, but it's better understood if I say that we're paying $20 plus a year because the state is not paying anything, and yet they're sitting down there talking about all the cash that they've got.
2: And we hear it over and over again that they're going to give property tax relief. Uh, This time they say they mean it because they've actually got money for it. Do you believe it'll happen?
3: It may happen for one year or so like that, but until they start taking care, if you've looked at your tax bill, and I know you have. Over 50% of it is schools.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah.
3: And they're not paying m I started out on the HEB school board right at about the time that Robin Hood. And at that point in time, the state was paying the majority of the M&O, and it's gone just the reverse of that right now.
0: M&O is a maintenance, maintenance daily and operation. Yeah, That's a daily operation.
2: Yeah. And for people who are not from North Texas, H-E-B is Hearst, uh, Bedford, Euless. Hearst, Euless, Bedford, not the grocery store. He's not, yeah, not I, the
3: Yeah, I, I forget that. And I say, as, <laughs> as, you know, everybody starts mentioning here. I say, okay, grocery store or school district? <laughs> well, you live in the H, right? Don't you live in, in I Hurst? live in Hearst. Yeah, and you, have for 46 yeah. years. Hmm. My wife and I got married. I, I grew up in Grand Prairie, part of Dallas County. Didn't realize that heaven was just next door,
1: <laughs> and '76
3: when we got married, we moved out to Hearst and we've been there ever since. Raised That's, three kids.
2: So, Judge, you um, you're going to be done with this soon. You've done this forever in a day. What do you do next? Do you are you thinking about
3: another job? Nothing full time. If I decide to do something, what the people who have been like me and have done this before their recommendation is take three four five months do nothing and then look at you know if if people have approached you you know somebody said to me everybody's going to want you on these nonprofit boards where you get to pay them for their fundraisers you Mm -hmm. said you might want to consider some of those boards that pay you (laughs) so i'm just you know i i have no offers no opportunities nobody's approached me at this point in time and i just want to we're going to travel some in fact my wife and I decided that we're going to spend New Year's Eve this year in New Orleans. Hmm. Nice. Nice. And we're going to be looking out on Bourbon Street. Of course. And just enjoying that sounds it.
2: sounds wild as can be. And I know you carry that uh, flask of bourbon because you did last time you were on with us. Just <laughs> govern yourself accordingly. Yes, sir. So you're you're done, though, as far as politics is yes. concerned. Uh, can you give just an idea personally of how, how it has changed – your day-to-day living politics now versus when you got in, how much angrier or con- more contentious is it now? Do you do you deal with more things that raise your eyebrows now than you did many years ago?
3: Yes, that for sure that's the case. I would tell you that in probably the first 10 or 15 years, I could have probably counted on one hand the number of people who came to the court to speak, whether it be for budget, for there be for anything. And, and then COVID hit. And we had four and five and six hour meetings. Mm. And people have gotten, and you know, I don't mind that. I don't mind people coming to make comments. Um, it's, it's one of those things that I, I wish that during the budget season, they came down uh, more often so that they would understand what we do deal with and you know, it's it's. I will say this: some people who are real conservative on the on the campaign trail, sometimes are not as conservative when they're elected, and they want something. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just you know, it's. It, I wish people would come down and would look at that. But time. I
2: mean, it's actually gotten threatening for some oh, yeah. people in in local government. You know, we're talking about you know at the school board level, certainly in the elections office. Yes. Have yes. you have you seen a lot more of that from where you sit?
3: Yes, I've had a couple of people who. I think may have had a little bit more bourbon than what you and I are talking about here today. Uh, that got a little uh, anxious on their keyboard at night, and they got visited the next day by, mm. you know, Texas Ranger and maybe somebody from the Sheriff's Department, and they apologized and said, We won't do this again. Mm. I had a, a person actually sitting down um, on the cul de sac where I live taking video of my house at Thanksgiving and seeing the you know i had the family in and they were you know taking video of everybody and uh, my wife when it comes to the grandkids is kind of like a mama bear and she was not happy to find out that the lady had been down there so
2: do you worry about when you talk about that and you talk about you know how we started this off you know with people sort of talking past each other or yelling past each other in politics do you worry about democracy
3: I, I still have enough faith in the people to believe that, that 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 when it when it comes right down to it, we're Americans and we want to do what's right. And I really feel like that there are the few, but we have we do have to get back to the point to where we can have civil dialogue over a controversial issue and not scream and shout at one another, not demonize somebody because they don't agree with with my opinion. But if one of the things that I've learned, and and it's taken close to 26 years, is that if I'm asking a question, the first thing I need to do is listen. Hmm. Because as leaders, as elected officials, the moment we state what our opinion is, there's a number of people who will never contradict an elected official. When I hire people, I encourage them to always push back and to not be afraid to tell me what they think and to tell me when they feel like I need to do something differently. Mm. Now, we'll, we'll, we can have some pretty healthy discussions and ultimately, yeah, it's my decision, but we have those discussions. And if I don't think I have somebody that's doing that, I'm gonna encourage them to you know, maybe move on or to get a little bit more heated in their discussions. Because mm. I know when people, you know, you, you can look at somebody and you know when they're disagreeing with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether they say anything or not. I, I look at Wheeler all the time. I so. see that face all <clears throat> the yeah.
2: time. Yeah. No,
0: but but it, it seems like that, you know, I'm glad to hear that you still have faith in democracy, but it seems like that might be a rare breed for a lot of a lot of folks these days, especially on the Republican side. I, you, you know, you, you and I can remember when if a candidate running for president lost on either party, they were set aside and the new people would be coming up in the wings. but On the Republican side, everyone is still kowtowing to
3: Donald Trump. And there's no let up in that, that that I have seen. And, And that's, I would, I would say that's disappointing. If he wants to run for president again, then he needs to get out there, get in the mix, do it. If he gets elected again, then okay, come on back. But, and here's where I'll tell you where I still have that faith. For 26 years, I've been involved in our National Association of Counties. I've been past president of that organization. I've been involved with the Texas Association of Counties. Now I can look at Texas, and I can probably tell you that the commissioners or the judges are Democrat or Republican.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: We had, um, you know, when we go to Naco, it, there'll be 1,500, 2,000 people there, which is the National Association. National Challenge. Association, and I will tell you that nine times out of ten, I could not tell you what party they're affiliated with. Hmm. I will even recall a time when we went to a legislative conference one year. And we had pundits, one from the Democrat, one from the Republican Party. And they were talking back and forth and doing all this. And they said, okay, we want a show of hands. We want to see how many of you are Republicans and how many of you are Democrats. The room booed them and refused to raise their hands. Wow. That's encouraging. Because you are
2: surprisingly bipartisan.
3: We, we re- Because we've got to get things done. I mean, when we deal with something up at the court, it's not – Republican or Democrat? It's, You're on the ground level,
0: judge. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's it, it,
3: potholes or it's mental health or jail diversion center that we started the first of January.
0: I, I spoke to the uh, Texas Secretary of State's office recently uh, about the upcoming November election, which the SOS always oversees. That actually, the Secretary of State is is a uh, an attorney from Fort from, from Fort Worth, from Fort Worth. Um, but uh, there is concern from the SOS, number one, there might not be enough people to staff all the precincts that you need. And number two, that, that people don't want to do that job anymore. Are you concerned going into November that there might be uh, polls and precincts across the county
3: that you won't have people to staff it with? I think that can, I think that'll be an issue. It could be an issue. Um, again, the legislature passes a law that says, okay, you can, you know, someone that works an election can be charged with a felony, can be charged with a crime. Um, so that, you know, for what they're getting paid, it's just not worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, and we went to, uh, what we call the vote centers in 2019, which means you can go vote anywhere you want to in Tarrant County, big
0: giant places you can go into. That's right.
3: Um, but we kept the same number of polling places and we said we were going to do that until we saw the trends. Well, more than 50% of the people are not voting in their precincts. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. And so this is something that we feel like has worked and we want to continue it. And that may allow us to condense a little bit, but we never want to condense if it means that somebody can't get to the polls. And that's the most important thing is to give everybody the opportunity to vote and to, and because that's what we need. We need to have voter turnout you know, in the 70 and 80 percents versus in the 55 and 65% for the general election.
2: It interests me when I hear you say here at the local level, you have looked at something, you've seen something, you've decided something. Don't you leave office though less powerful than how you came into office? Because, you know, Republicans have long been about local control, that we don't want to control everything from Austin. But in recent years, we've seen more of that control being pulled back to Austin and less of it Here
3: locally, Dan Patrick, Lieutenant Governor, 2006. Again, that's when that started, and I have fought. You know, I've really fought against that from 2006 forward, and it is uh, it is very disappointing because we are the state again. What I and I didn't finish the thought because I went off into the front door and all that stuff, but we're their partners. We're the ones that when they get ready to pass a law on juvenile justice or on justice itself, that they ought to be talking with us about how is how are we gonna implement this? What are we gonna do? What, what problems is it gonna cause? And, you know, Is there a way we might be able to do it a little bit
0: more efficiently? Have you spoken to Dan Patrick about this over the years? I know Mayor Price, when she was in office, Betsy
3: Price in Fort Worth, she's been down there. I'm sure you had too, Judge. I spoke with him early on. I have been, uh, but I've not been in front of a committee, and I haven't talked with him in many years. Y'all don't Um, chat on the phone. We don't chat on the phone. And while we have, you know, some folks, he he comes up here for fundraisers. I've managed to be busy washing the cat that night. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let let, let that one sink in with a wheeler. I'm going to have to drive him back. Uh, Let let me ask you this, Judge. A couple last questions that I have for you. Uh, Biggest issue facing Tarrant County as as you uh, leave in November. What do you think it is?
3: We're continuing to grow very rapidly here. I have always had a passion for transportation, and I've always said if we're going to keep people moving here, we have to keep them moving after they get here. So we've gotta stay on top of that. And we're one of the few areas, I think, in the country, and when I say areas, I mean really North Texas, where we have stayed up with our congestion levels. We've not gone up significantly. And it's been because of the leadership of the members of the Regional Transportation Council, 12 counties, a lot of cities, led by Michael Morris as a staff person. He's done a fantastic job. I'd say other areas are in, in education and I don't have a, you know, ask me why well, I don't, I'm not in that lane. I try to stay in my own lane. But because of COVID, our kids got behind and we realized that. But let's really get down to what keeps us from having a level playing field for all when it comes to public education, and that's quality childcare. Hmm. And we really need, you know, we've decided that public schools, public education is free from now pre kindergarten now let's say kindergarten because not everybody's offering free pre-kindergarten so if it's going to be public education and that's going to stop at 18 when you graduate why shouldn't it start at one year old or the moment that that parent has to go back to work because she's got you know give me a single mom who can afford a twenty thousand dollar a year quality child care for one child Mm
0: -hmm. much less two or three yeah
3: much less two or three so we've got to find a way to get public education, and it doesn't have to be by our ISDs, it might be by a church, it might be by another nonprofit, but we've got to get down to where quality child care is available from six months or whenever the mother goes back to work all the way through 18. And and then politically speaking, is Tarrant County turning purple? I don't believe so. You don't think so? I really don't. In the last 30 years, we have had two Republicans lose in a countywide election in tarrant county
2: but democrats say 2018 beto o'rourke beat ted cruz here and then they say in 2020 uh president biden beat uh former president trump here and those they, are the two they see it moving those, those are the two are they so, are they wrong
3: yes because they thought they were going to win a bunch those are the two look at the judges races and the reason you look at the judges races is because what happens? You you guys probably know a little bit more about the judges, mm-hmm. but the calls that I get about who to vote for, okay, I don't know any of these judges. Tell me who you think. You mean I should you vote mean
0: for. the actual judicial judges yes, who, who preside over right. criminal mm-hmm. and civil cases. Your your
3: district and yeah. your county-wide judicial races. Yeah. They don't know them, and when they don't know them, what do they vote for? They vote for their party, and that's why you see our uh, county-wide judges they're getting 53, 54 versus the Democrats that are getting 47, 46.
0: And then my last question, Judge, on the way out here, what, what, what's your one regret you didn't do in 15 years?
3: You know, I don't know that I have I don't know that I can actually say that I have any regrets. It has been the. it will have been 26, not 15. <laughs> don't, don't take any time away from me there. With well, the county as a whole, <laughs> the the county is um, I just love county government. I love the way we have worked together um I, I i really don't know that i've got any regrets from that standpoint
2: you're going out with this last scoop so that's my last question um uh, first of all so your first <laughs> job was scooping ice cream that's correct grand prairie texas starting when
3: 13 years old wow they my allowed best you- friend got well my best friend got me the job huh. and the gentleman that was that owned the store he you know lived up the road And so I would go in and I would scoop ice cream and then my friend left me the second year (laughs) and the gentleman had a heart attack. And so I found myself at 14, going in, doing the inventory, hiring. I hired some of my ex best friends because I later fired them. Wow. (laughs) Uh, But it was one of those things where, and 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 it kind of started me off, every job I've ever worked, I've within six months started saying, okay now, how could I own this? How could I go about doing that? And eventually it got me into accounting and eventually I owned Whitley Penn, was founder, co-founder of Whitley Penn and- uh, Accounting firm. Accounting firm here. And so they we, allowed you. We
0: never you thought like that. We never thought like no. that. we, we
2: just. Which know, is why we've got a little podcast, yeah. and he's been and he got head 20, of everything. Uh, yeah,
0: twenty six <laughs> years in, in county government. Yeah, don't take there. any of those years we'll away. Don't take any of those years away. So uh, you
2: have that event, uh, that last scoop event in November, and uh, you know I'm told that we might expect some announcements there. And I was curious if you wanted to do any of that early. Well, y'all early. Have gotten
3: a lot of that out of me already okay. today. Well, okay, give, give us the rest. give us the rest. That chief of staff sitting over there shaking her head like. What oh, else here. is there? Yeah, I'll, I'll keep her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, I want you guys. I really want you guys to come out and and MC that. We'll have another, you know, podcast right there, state of the county, Fort Worth.
2: Another
0: live
3: one.
2: And I can. Another live. One. And I can bet you're going to have a bottle of whiskey somewhere we'll have on a whiskey, site.
3: Well, we'll have. Well, it may not be out of sight. <laughs> I mean, what are they going to do? Not reelect me? Uh, exactly.
0: So yeah. yeah. Here's the thing, Judge. As We look yeah. down at our flights here. Wheeler's has been empty for about 30 minutes. Has been so. uh-huh. yeah. uh, the judges hasn't touched it. I barely. think I
2: emptied mine when I said we have a closed primary here. I think mine was already empty at that point. The
0: washing the cat, though, got you. That was a good, good. one. That That's what you could tell. That was going to get me. That's when I looked down and noticed that
2: you had you had emptied them all. If I had had nothing but water, that was going to get me. I hadn't heard that one before. <laughs> <laughs> Judge, congrats on uh, retirement. I'll toast you with an empty glass and see if I can get one more drop out of it. Cheers. That's a long time to do this. It's
3: been uh it has been one of the best 26 years of my life. Congrats. Thank you very
0: much. And a quick shout out to Acre Distilling for having mm-hmm. us here. I, I, before we go, smoked was good. Oh, it was
2: incredible. The peach.
0: I know you love the peach, probably.
2: It was good, but I it the, was understated the too, rye which was I really fantastic. Liked. Oh, the Rye. The rye was, was that fantastic. your favorite? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I loved didn't the get smoke, the
0: ride, but I
3: thought about that. It, it was it was really good. Let me good tell stuffy.
2: you what, though. Don't sleep on Cinnamon Girl or the Java one. Those are really excellent.
3: <laughs> don't sleep on them. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, I've got a bottle of the Cinnamon Girl at the house.
2: See, I'm in good company. That's that's where, that's,
3: we're right.
0: that's where we're going next time. Judge, thanks a lot. All, All right, you, thanks
3: y'all.